Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. To uh, piggyback a little bit off of Sunday, how many were blessed by Sunday's message and Sunday's challenge, amen, to have more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? I saw three hands. That was enough for me to preach it, amen? Praise God. We're going to have a couple of testimonies. Some of you might think, man, we didn't have any testimonies tonight. We didn't have them during pray, prayer or offering, but we have a couple of testimonies. So we're going to keep that going, amen, with people testifying, hopefully every service all year long of what God is doing in their lives. So we're going to pick this up about the game changer. This is going to be part two, amen, the game changer part two. What I want, Sunday I gave you a good example, a good biblical example of what Um, The Bible says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit where he fills us with his Holy Spirit and that power comes upon us that is different from just being baptized in water. And we talked about how it's something that that Jesus told the disciples to go and wait for, that it was a distinct experience separate from just being saved and putting our hearts in Jesus's, our our lives in Jesus' hands and being saved from the cross, but it's a separate experience. And in in that attitude... Um, God wants to fill our tongues, right, and, 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 and uh, sanctify these tongues that are so hard to control. We talked about that. And so I want to give you some uh, thoughts tonight about maybe, and this, this is twofold. One would be if you have not been filled yet, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, um, and, and, and have a prayer language like we're talking about, there could be some things that possibly are hindering you from getting that. Or if you have... How many know even if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, there are times that you have dry seasons? There's times where you feel dry. There's times where you feel like the flow is not happening in your life. And maybe some of these things could work for that as well, where there's things that are, that are blocking, right, the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we're going to go over a few of those things and also have some really good testimonies. But let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and let's just see again why. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit and why it's so important that we're full of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does, okay? He says, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. This is Paul speaking. And my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words, look at this, of human wisdom, but in demonstration, and let's leave this up here for a second, in demonstration of the Spirit and of what? Power, okay? Let's read this again. Paul is saying, this, this is, let's just make this clear on this Wednesday night. What sets a true believer apart, what sets the true church of Jesus Christ apart, what sets uh, a church that really is alive apart from a dead church or a church where God's Spirit is not moving, is, a, is, is how many know people can gather together in the name of the Lord, but the Holy Spirit can be absent? Now, you get what I'm saying. I know he says wherever two or more in my, in, uh, two or more gather in my name, I'm there in the midst. But what I'm trying to say is that a lot of churches don't allow the Spirit of God to, to reign their lives. They don't allow the Spirit of God to move in their lives. They, they believe, but there's a, like, there's a hand up. Okay? Or, or they try to control God, or they try to put God in a box. Or they try to win people over to the Lord or impress people with their words. A lot of preaching today is by eloquent words. A lot of preaching today is sounding good and saying the right things and 
big speech and big theology and, 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 and saying how much they, they understand the Bible. We should study the Bible. We should understand the Bible. But that Paul says here, I did not come to you with a speech of, of, of persuasive words of what? Human wisdom. Human wisdom. So he's saying we, what's going to change people's lives, what's going to change this lost world is not persuasion of, of wisdom or, or smarts or intelligence. He says, what is it? But it's a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Okay? And when I think of that, of the demonstration of the Spirit and power, I'm just going to say this real quick about this whole message, about what the game changer is. It's the game changer. And the reason I call it the game changer is because it, it, until you have it, you don't realize how powerful it is. And then someone might try to tell you, because I've heard this over the years, well, that's not of God, or that's fake, or that's not real, or whatever. But how many know when you personally experience something, nobody can tell you it's not real? Do you realize that the greatest testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ is a transformed life? That, that someone has truly left their old ways, that they're not the same person they used to be. We should all be so different tonight in our lives, in our walks, in our talks, in our ways. We should be so different that people say, "How that's not the same person. Amen. There should be a change in us, a transformation. And that's a, that's a demonstration of His Spirit and of His power. Because the flip side of that is, and I don't mind if you raise your hands, how many know some people as Brian said at the prayer time, who proclaim and profess to be Christians, but there's no change. Can I see your hands? If you know someone like, there's no change. It's like they got the slip, it's in their wallet, but there's no demonstration of a changed life. There's no demonstration of power. There's no, the power meaning that the change in that person's life. Peter, the example he gave Sunday morning. How he was so ashamed of, of Jesus and, and denied Jesus in front of a little girl. And then he gets filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. The game changer comes on him. And all of a sudden he goes out and preaches in boldness. And so that's what Paul is saying here. It's not wisdom. It's not words of wisdom. But in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And look what verse 5 says. That your faith should not be, here it is. In the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for every man and woman and teenager that's here. Thank you for uh, speaking to us just for a few minutes here. Lord, let me get through this and, and let this be a challenge for us and a help for us tonight so that you continue to fill all of us and we can all walk in, in a demonstration of your power tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to push through this quickly. Let me give you a few benefits, maybe some reasons why you would want the fullness of God, why you would want everything. I also have said this over the years, to me, having the baptism of the Holy Spirit, having the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life is like having a car with full extras. We're going to get to, we're going to, get to heaven with or without it. Okay, where it's not a salvation issue, but it is, it is like getting from point A to point B with, with a car that's making a lot of noise. And I, me and Carla were driving down the road yesterday, and I literally saw a, a car go the opposite way, and the muffler was on the side of the road next to him. I mean, it was, it was and I don't, I don't know how in the world they didn't hear it. They were going really fast. It's like, how is he, I don't, his muffler was on the side of the, not underneath, on the side. And he was just taking it for a ride. Now, he's probably going to get to point B, but when he gets there, he's going to be disappointed. Or she, whoever's driving that car. 
But so you can have a car with, with some sputter and, and barely get there. And, and if it's hot outside or it's cold, let's go with cold right now. And you don't have no heat and you don't have any way to heat that car up. You're going to get from point A to point B, but you're not going to enjoy it as much. Right? And you're going to be a little bit miserable on the way. But the full extras is you've got the heated seats. You've got the climate control. You've got the dual control, amen, where you can turn it up, down or up, and your spouse can turn it down or up. It's a lifesaver, marriage saver at dual control. Amen. I don't have it in my truck. So we have more. We, 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 we drive in a car that's better because we can control it. Truck, we have more fights. Just kidding. How many are with me? So it's the full extras. And so here's some benefits. It's going to deepen your relationship with the Lord. It's, it's automatically going to deepen your relationship with the Lord. Number two, it's going to give you a hunger for the Word of God. A deeper hunger. You're going you're gonna to want more. Okay? You're going to want more and more and more of the Word. And, and as you're getting more of the Word, you're not only going to get more and want more, you're going to understand more. How many want to understand more of the Word of God? Not just get it, not just read it, not just hear it, but understand it. And the fourth one, I could have chose a bunch, but this is a big one. Discernment. What, how many need some discernment in this place tonight? I'll raise your hand for you. Amen. Discernment, meaning how to, you know, making the right decision, knowing what's right and wrong, knowing, Brian mentioned that also at prayer, how in business, you got to have discernment. you got to know if this is of God or if it's not of God, if this is the right thing to do or not the right thing to do in our, in our, in our jobs and all these situations. So I want to give a verse in Romans 8 that goes right along this, verses 26 to 27. And look what it says. Look at what, look what the power of the Holy Spirit gives us. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Do I have anybody that have some weaknesses here? All of us. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us, with groanings, which, leave it there for a second, which, with groanings which cannot be uttered. There's a perfect example of what the prayer language is, of praying in the Holy Spirit, is praying in tongues, is that you're, you're, there's groanings, there's words that are being spoken that you don't understand, and it's your Spirit speaking for you. Right? So many examples were given of, of how we get to a place where we don't know what to pray in our, in our flesh anymore. We don't know what to say in our flesh anymore. So we start saying, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit to take over. And, and in case you weren't here Sunday, I gave an example in the, in the message of, of scientifically, they proved that, that when you are praying in, in, in a word of your wisdom and your intellect, they took some people and put the, the brain wave electrical, whatever they're called on their head. Amen. What would those be called? AAGs. EEGs, amen, you put them on your head and it, and it monitors in, this, in the monitor brain action from the frontal lobes. And as they were praying, Lord, I pray for my family. Lord, I pray for this day. Lord, I pray for my church. As they're praying, the, the, the monitor showed action from the frontal lobes, showing that there was brain activity. And then they took some people who were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to pray in another tongue, the tongue that the Holy Spirit had given them. And as they put those same EEGs on their head, there was no movement on the monitor. Absolutely none. And what does that prove? It means when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind is not praying for you. It is the Spirit of God. That's what you call a direct line to God. How many want a direct line straight to God? Amen? How, who wouldn't want that? 
Who wouldn't want that? You don't want to go through a secretary or talk to someone. Cut out the middleman. I want to talk to the boss. And so that we, we see that that's what this is talking about. And then in verse 27, look what it says. Now he who searches the hearts, that's God, knows the mind, what the mind of the Spirit is. And because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. That, that, those two verses right there would be some good verses for you just to go back and look at again. Pray about them and say, Lord, I, I want this power of the Holy Spirit in my life so that, that, so that I can understand that your, your will is more important than what my will, and sometimes I don't know what your will is. Amen. Now, I'm gonna, I want to uh, quickly run through this because I want to have a couple testimonies. I didn't know exactly where I was going to put these in, but I'm going to probably wait till the end uh, near the altar time. But let me just give you now. So those are some benefits, and now let me give you just some thoughts. Now, this does not mean that if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, if you don't have that prayer language yet or you don't have the, all the full extras that God wants for you, it doesn't mean that these are the reasons for sure, but these might be some things that might trigger in your spirit and, and they might say that God might say that's something that might be a blockage. How many know a heart gets blocked? Right? Cholesterol and all those things. And so the heart blocks and then the heart stops. We need everything to flow. We talked Sunday about the river. Stagnant water stinks. And so God wants to flow. He wants things to flow. He wants life. And so when things are flowing, there's life. When things are blocked, there's death. Or, or, or if there's not death, there's trouble, there's problem, there's infection, there's sickness. So these are just some things to think about. One of the, the biggest reasons, and these aren't in, in necessarily in any order, I'm just going to give you four, and there could be more, but these are just things to think of, is, is doubt. Is that really God? Okay, doubt, doubt, just, just doubting. I don't know about this. And I kind of started off Sunday trying to give you some examples of how you say, why tongues? And I told you all kinds of things that God does that don't make sense. The burning bush and stone tablets and blood and, and, and streets of gold and, and, and why water for baptism and all these questions we can have. And so, so doubt. If you're going to be like that, you're not going to excel for God. You have to be like a child, Matthew 18 says. And believe what his word says. Meaning if God said in his word that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, he was swallowed by a whale. Period. If, if, G, if God spread the, the Red Sea, that means he parted the Red Sea. If he fed 5,000 men, that means he fed 5,000 men. We just believe it. And so a, a, a lot of times, uh, doubt or intellectual pride. Intellectual pride, meaning we think too much. That can be a reason why God can't flow and can't move because you're thinking too much. You're, you're trying to figure it out. I, everybody knows people like that. They're, they're, they're just thinkers. And it's okay to be a thinker, but, but you have to make sure your thinking does not get in the way of faith. Because if you've been saved very long, you're going to realize your thinking and God's thinking are not the same. They are totally different. You can read Isaiah 55 for that. Okay? Here, here's a, an example. In 1960, a journalist, a real man named John Sherrill, decided to write a book to discredit the phenomenon of speaking in tongues. And after he, listen to this, after he, this is very sim similar to the case of Christ, okay? After he interviewed countless people about this experience, his doubts were shattered. And he was baptized in the Holy Spirit himself. As he was trying to, to, to say this isn't real, he got it. That's when you mess up theology real bad. Real bad. 
There are denominations who do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and some of them are having to leave their denominations because they're being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and their denomination makes them leave. When you, when you get it, you can't deny it. Right? No different than somebody who gets kicked out of their family for accepting Christ. Same, same idea. And so then he writes a book. They speak with other tongues. And it's become a uh, Christian classic. You cannot try to figure out the things of God with your intellect. You must have faith. Number two, religious tradition. That means, that means the way you grew up taught. I guarantee you there's people in here who were raised a certain way. And, and you got saved and you came in here and, and then you began to hear something that was either you've never heard it or it's totally different to what you heard. And so you, it kind of goes hand in hand with number one. And you doubt and you question and your intellect comes in and tradition comes in and all these different things. And so I can give you a perfect example of that. When we were in Costa Rica and we had our kids ministry before we started our church, our assistants in the ministry was an older couple. They're now in their 60s. And, and they were serving with us, and they're still serving in that ministry today. And, and both, we, we, we've, I've shared this before, but it's been a long time. And we were praying. We would have prayer every morning. And I was praying every morning. We were in that prayer room for our ministry, and, and, and I would just pray in tongues. I would just like I always do. I would just pray in the Spirit, and, and I wasn't doing it so they could hear me. I wasn't, I wasn't shouting in their direction. I was just praying. That's what I do. I was just doing my normal prayer. And after a while, Guillermo came up to me, and he said, you pray different than me. He says, you have something I don't have. And he said, what, what, what's the difference? Why, what, what, what do you have that I don't have? And so I sat him down. I knew exactly what it was. It was the game changer. And so I sat him down. And just like Brian said at discipleship a few years ago, I began to walk him through the scriptures and show him the scriptures and show him what the Bible says and show him about all these things. And, and he said, I want that. But here's what you don't understand. He was raised in a denomination. I'm not going to mention the name. It don't matter. He was raised in a denomination that not, not only did not believe in it, but taught against it. Not only didn't say, well, we, we don't, we're not going to practice that, but that's of the devil. Be careful when you call something of God of the devil, right? Then they tell, then they tell Jesus you're casting out demons with the spirit of Beelzebub. He said you can't cast something out if you have it. That don't make any sense. And so this man for 28 years, that's not 28 months, 28 years had had religious tradition taught to him that speaking in tongues was of the devil. Yet when I showed him in the scriptures and he saw my life, there's the power and demonstration. Not eloquent words, but power and demonstration. I never said, you need this. He said, I need this. Once I showed him the scriptures and he read what I said, he said, I want that. And I said, just pray for it. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't know if I laid my hand. I don't know if I prayed for him that day or whatever. But it wasn't, it wasn't so much about me praying for him. I said, you just keep seeking it just like I tell you guys. And it was very similar to Brian's testimony. He called me one night on my phone. And he said, he, he could hardly speak. And he said, I was waiting to pick his. I've been wanting this so bad. And I was waiting to pick up my, my son from school. And I just said, God, please, I want this. And Bam. Holy Spirit came on him in the car, and he began to speak in other tongues. He began to pray in his prayer language. He was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and it changed his life. And for lack of time, the same thing happened to his wife because his wife said, you got something I don't have. 
And so I sat, he said, Blake, sit her down. And that, can you show her? And I showed her, and the same thing happened to her, and she got it. And I can give you countless examples of that. And even here in Denton, in the last 10 years, people who, same thing, you got something I don't have. What is, that's exactly what Paul's talking about, a demonstration of power, not of eloquent words. So, so how you're raised could do that. Number three, this, this is an interesting one, fear of losing control. Some people are control freaks. Fear of losing control. I actually had someone come up and confirm this Sunday morning. Sweet lady, wonderful lady. She's so hungry for God. And, and uh, she said, I want it so bad, and I'm praying. But she told me at the altar, she said, she said I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I'm afraid, to, I'm afraid of the Spirit coming on me and taking over. She just said it. And I said, that's exactly. And so hopefully she'll hear the podcast or whatever, and she'll, she'll realize that that can be a hindrance. Because like I said Sunday, he's not going to come on you if you don't want him. He's not going to come in if you don't invite him. He's, he's, he's what we'd call a gentleman if you, to make that make sense. He's, he's not going to force himself. Does that make sense? So surrendering takes faith. Right? Surrendering takes faith. It's kind of like the same thing of when, why we raise our hands. Why do we raise our hands? Because we're surrendering. That's an act of faith. Some people say, oh, I'm just not going to do that. And you're just missing out on a blessing. You're just missing out on a blessing. You're just, you're just, just, I just I surrender, Lord. And as you surrender, doesn't mean God loves you more. If you don't raise your hands or raise your hands. It means you're surrendering. It means you're relinquishing control to God. Amen. Number four, unconfessed sin. Failure to deal with sin. This is, this is really key as I begin to close. Unconfessed sin and failure to deal with sin. Okay? Amen. It got quiet in here. This is, this is important. We're vessels. We are, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are, are, are a vessel that, that just like a conduit of electricity or, or a line of plumbing, God wants to flow through. How many understand that? Know enough about electricity and plumbing to know that electricity goes through the conduit and that power goes from the breaker box to the power source and power flows through it and the, that conduit has to be right. If not, it kicks a breaker. And, and that, 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 that tube, we have plumbers in this place, that tube's got to be clear so that water flows. If it gets blocked up, it breaks. And so he wants, to, he wants us to be vessels that are pure and, and the Bible actually tells us, watch, I'm beginning to close. The Bible actually tells us it, that the Holy Spirit can be quenched. Can be quenched. Meaning, meaning that, that he wants to be there. That's why I mentioned earlier that we, you can have church and you can say you love God and all this, but the Holy Spirit cannot be there because there might be something that's quenching him. Look what 1 Thessalonians 5.19, very short says, verse, very short verse says this. He says, do not quench the Spirit. Do not quench the Spirit. You might be thinking, well, how do I quench the Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked. I've got, I've got some ways you can quench the Spirit. Let's look at Ephesians 4. And I'm going to finish here. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 to 32. Now, this is, this is key right here. You, you might have been in the tradition, religious tradition thing. You might have been in the fear of losing control. You might have been in the doubt or intellectual pride. But this would be a reason a lot of people... Uh, are, are lacking in the fullness of God. I'm not saying everybody. Again, don't, don't come up to me after and say, I told you this or I told you that. I'm giving you possibilities of things that could block the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. Kind of like that power that just went through the mic. Amen. Therefore, put away lying. Le let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. 
for we are members of one another. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who steals, steal no longer, or stole, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Watch this. And do not, what? Grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you so you can see that there are things there in Ephesians and these aren't the only places where you are, you can quench the Holy Spirit he he wants to come in and fill you he wants you to have the fullness of his power but there's some things in your life that he needs to deal with so that he can come in and he can flow and he can and he can live and he can move and he can have his being in your life. So so those are just some things to be thinking about. How many see here that there are many benefits? And how many see that there are also th many things that can hinder us? And besides all of that, I'll tell you what, the devil is the biggest reason he does not want you to have the fullness of God. He does not want a church to walk in power. He does not want a church to preach boldness. He doesn't want a church to, to, to speak truth. He doesn't want a church that prays for people and swins souls and says no to sin and denies the devil and fights against him. Amen. He doesn't want a church that does all that. He wants a church that, that just ex exists. So, so there's an enemy that's coming against you tonight. So I want, I want you to know, not only tonight, but going forward, whether you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time or you're seeking to be refilled, which we should be refilled all the time. And, and we, should let, we should be emptied and refilled. And emptied and refilled. Amen. We should be giving out of the, of the things to the Lord and serving, and He needs to refill us again. Amen. We might be dry, but you need a refilling. Those are some things that could hinder. And then there's some other things that the Holy Spirit could reveal. I want to ask two men to come up this morning tonight that were, that were filled on Sunday. I have no idea what they're going to say, but I just want them to share real quickly um, just their experience. What happened? Just exactly what happened. They could mention if they want what their thought was before. doesn't matter, but, uh, and it doesn't matter what order. Santos, you want to come up first or second? You want to come up? You're already, you're already getting up. Amen. Come on up, Santos. Amen. I'm just going to have Santos share real quick what happened on Sunday. The game changer happened on Sunday. Amen. So... We started the fast and that 21-day fast. I had put for one of the first things was I want to get closer with God. My prayer has been been all 21 days. It's like God, I want my ears, my my vision, my feet, my mouth, my hands to just be you, Father. To just be you. And you know, God was tugging at, at me for He's been tugging at me for a while. But Friday, uh, you know. Pastor was like, I came to uh, men's uh, five, at 5.30. <laughs> and uh, so pastor was like, you know, I want you to come over to, to the leadership meeting on Saturday. 
and Saturday he texts me, and I get home, and we say in Spanish, me leo la cartilla. You know, he read me the, he kind of sent me the rules of how the game's played. <laughs> so, you know, it's the flesh was like, you know what, no, I don't want to do this. And then my wife, I kind of told my wife, we kind of let the flesh a little bit, and then she kind of texts, calls me later, and she's like, you're the leader of the home. If you decide we're doing it, then we're doing it. And it was like, okay. And God had been telling at me, so I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. We, we showed up. Pastor, you know, I was kind of questioning Pastor a little bit on Saturday. And I'm like, came to, the, came to the prayer Sunday, and I started feeling feeling something there. When, it was, when we were praying, it was like I started feeling something. And I was like, I need, I need the Holy Spirit. I didn't know he was going to preach on Game Changer. I didn't know he was going to preach. But I was like, I need this. And when I got up here, he said, this concrete, I was over there. I was like at the edge. I was like, <laughs> it was like, you know, and the pastor comes up to me and he touches me here, and touches me here. When he goes right here, it just came out of the belly. Just something that I have never felt before. And it was, it was amazing. And, you know, and thank God for that. And one of the things is that, like, Brian kind of brought that up. It's like, now it's my job to... You know, when we start a fire, you got to keep turning it, moving it, putting some more wood on it, praying some more, reading some more, turning that fire up so it can stay lit. Because if not, what happens? It shuts down. You know, and uh, one, one of the other things is that, oh, pastor's fixing to go. I know that Holy Spirit's going go to go into Africa with him, and it's just going to spread like a wildfire over there. And we're just proclaiming that as of right now. But, you know, if you're not saved, if you're not, if you're, if you're backsliding, tonight's your night, guys. Because, you know, we just saw it Sunday, you know, from a 13-year-old to a 40-year-old man that just passed away like that. So, you know what? Uh, it's time to let the game changer change us and get serious about what we're doing. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. Stay here for one second. Musicians, if you'd begin to head up. So, so Santos also... Yeah, perfect. I could, that couldn't be any better. But he texted me Monday, Monday, right? And then he mentioned that not only did he get it, but in the second service, his wife and his daughter got it. Amen. Praise God. The trifecta. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. Amen. David, would you head up here? Amen. So, so this is the, exactly what I'm talking about. It's a demonstration, right? Like I can explain it all day long, but once you get it and you experience, Santos, there's nobody that ever in your life ever will be able to tell you, no matter how many verses they show, try to show you or, or what they try to say, they're not going to be able to take away the experience of the demonstration of power and what you felt come out of your, out of your belly and out of your mouth. Amen? Nobody can take that away. So I do know with David, at least a little background, I know that he has come before. I, knew, I know that much. So that, that's a little background. But David, tell him what happened to you. Oh, and then, never mind, I'll wait. Okay, so the last church I went to before coming here, they, uh, they had a belief that uh, you had to be baptized in water, baptized in the Spirit, and accept Jesus in order to receive salvation. So altar calls were kind of different for me because they'd kind of call you out, out of your seat and get you up there, and they try to 
force the spirit and force you to speak in tongues. So speaking in tongues was always kind of, I just had like a negative uh, reaction to it, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and go, I was back there recording and everything. And during that first message and I saw what was going on, I was like, okay, I need I need to sit down on the second one. Chris, can you take over? I need to take notes, and I want to be at that altar call. And sure enough, uh, I got up here and got the got the spirit. And you know, it wasn't nothing scary. Uh, nothing scary about it. I was I was excited to receive it. I was willing to. And yeah. Is it a game changer? Amen. Come on, church. Praise God. Let's stand tonight. As you're standing, one thing that's really cool too is 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 David works Sundays. He's he's never here, very rarely here on Sundays, so the Holy Spirit will set you up. And I didn't I hadn't thought of that, and, and it was just God that He was here that day, Amen. For Him to get what He now. What I want to say to close is this: If you don't have it, you haven't gotten it. Get it. But you got to ask for it. You got to want it. If you've been asking for it, keep asking. But more than even asking, seek. It's, it, and I was telling people Sunday, and I, and I learned this a lot of years ago too, and, and Carla would, would, Carla's you know, been with me a long time, and she would say this, and it's very true. Don't seek the tongues. That's just the manifestation of it. That, it's important that you have that. That's, that's the evidence that we talk about. But don't pray just for the tongues. Seek the Holy Spirit, who He is, and that power will come because he, he wants you to be with him. He wants that intimacy with him. But, but I'm telling you, having that prayer language, so powerful. It's so amazing. And then, and then, then when you get that, then you can start heading into praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which there's nine of them. And you can walk in all nine of them. Some people do. Walk on all nine of the gifts of the Spirit. And those are things that we should seek and desire. And it's not so we can show off in church. It's so we can win the lost. It's so people can see in us, like I gave that example earlier, you've got something I don't have. How many in, if would just be honest, how many would love to have someone tell you that? I, I, you've got something I don't have. What is it? I mean, there's no, because we're, we're always witnessing and telling people about it. We want people to hear. But how about they ask us? How about being at the gas station pumping gas and someone instead of you having to pass out a track they come over and say listen i i don't this sounds weird asking you this but you you're supposed to tell me something yeah jesus is who i'm supposed to tell you and boom right there they get saved amen that that can happen i was pumping gas next door to you and when I got out of my car, my stomach was killing me, and all of a sudden my pain went away, and I looked over at you, and something told me that I'm supposed to talk to you. Can we, can, we, can we believe again for the supernatural? Can we believe for the signs and the wonders of the Bible that would be a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit? You know, when, 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 these, when, these, when these tragedies happen, and... And, and celebrities pass away and horrible things happen and, and the news covers things the Christians have got to be available and ready to preach the gospel because people's hearts are open right now people's hearts are open right now 
We need to take advantage. We don't, we, don't, we don't like when these tragedies happen. They're horrible. We need to take advantage of them and see that people are hurting and they're, they're hopeless. And we can say Jesus is the hope that you need. But the, but the boldness that's going to give you the power to say something to somebody you don't know comes from the Holy Spirit. And so not just tonight, but in every service. Not just tonight, but tomorrow. Not just tomorrow, but tonight in bed. Tomorrow driving to, to, to work. Whenever, keep saying, Lord, I need it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I'm going to get my doubts out. I'm going to get my intellectual pride out. I'm going to get what I got, what I got taught before out. And I'm, and I'm going to have childlike faith. And if this is something you want me to have, I accept it and I receive it. And I want it all. Let me give you one more example of that attitude. If you remember, Jesus was washing his disciples' feet. Remember that? And, and Peter, Peter, he gets to Peter, and Jesus begins to, 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 to wash his feet, and Peter says, no, Lord, I, I, I'm not worthy for you to wash my feet. You can't wash my feet. So pride and intellect and doubt and all religion comes in. And Jesus says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you can't be in the kingdom of God. And what was the attitude Peter had? Wash my whole body. Wash me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, Lord. Wash it all. That's a smart reaction, right? That's a smart reaction. We need to say, Lord, if this is this, this something I'm supposed to have and you want me to have, I don't just want some of it. I want all of it. I want everything you have for me tonight. So bow your heads, if you would, just for a moment. And close your eyes across this place as the Spirit of God is here. If you're here this tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior, would you, would you say, God, tonight's my night? It was mentioned earlier, tonight's my night. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. It was mentioned earlier in this, in this, in this testimony of that accident that happened, a helicopter crash, cars crash. People die all the time, not expecting that. They, they go to work thinking they're coming home at night. Church, tomorrow is not promised to anyone. And if you're in this place tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ, give him your life. Give him your life. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead for me so I can go to heaven. And then, Lord, change me. Take this old vessel and cleanse it. Take this person that I am and change it tonight. Amen. If that's you tonight, would you lift your hand and say, Pastor, I need Jesus right now. I'm not going to wait for someone else to raise their hand. I need Jesus. Just lift your hand up. I want Jesus to come into my heart tonight all over this place. Quickly, front to back, side to side. I said it Sunday. I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are on a path to hell right now. That is your future. Your future is separation from God. Tonight, you must accept. You say, well, I don't have to. No, you don't have to. You have a free will. But Jesus made some statements, and he said, I'm the way, and I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and no one comes under the Father except through me. He's the door. There's only one door to get into heaven tonight, and it's Jesus. And it's what he did on the cross. Quickly, all over this place, do you need him tonight? Are you ready to surrender to him tonight? The Bible says he's knocking on the, on the door of your heart. Would you just open up that door and say, come on in, Lord. Five, four, three, 
two, God bless you, I see your hand, one, how many more? All over this place. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're here and you have been running. That was mentioned tonight. You're backsliding. You're running away. You're, 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 you, you know the Lord, but your life does not line up tonight with the things of God. The, the way you act, the who you are. You haven't surrendered your life to the Lord. And God's saying, look, there's some things I need you to change so that when people look at you, they want me. If that's you tonight, would you say, Lord, pa uh, Pastor, I want to come back to the Lord. I want to re 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 reconcile my life. I want to rededicate my life tonight. Would you just lift your hand up and say, that's me tonight. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Quickly, before we move in another direction, it's still early. I want you to, if you raised your hand for the first time or you raised your hand for rededication, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you need to be up at this altar. You know that if you walked out of here tonight and you died and you passed into eternity, you're not sure where you'd spend it. Would you step out of your seat right now to the nearest aisle and just come down here? Hands went up. I'm going to just ask you quickly just to step out and come down. Quickly, just step out and come down all over this place. I'm going to wait just a moment. A few more hands were raised. Amen. Quickly, quickly, come on. Make room for them. Amen. Come on, keep clapping. They're coming. They're coming. Amen. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. We're going to, amen. 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 Praise God. Come on. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Amen. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds. Something's tugging at your heart right now. I need to change. I need to make some decisions. I need to get my life right with God. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. If I could just have one more chance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Church, do you... Do you realize those people, I mean, I'm just using this as an example. I, I, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. But I also realize thousands of people died that day and went into eternity. But the, the truth is, let's use that example. If those people weren't ready and they didn't know Jesus, you know what they would give tonight to have one more chance? If they're in hell right now, you know what they would give? They'd give Kobe Bryant would give five, his $500 million he has away to have another chance and give his life to Jesus but he can't do it because once you breathe your last breath it's over you don't there is no purgatory that's not biblical there is no place that you go I saw people saying we're gonna pray him into heaven you can't pray someone into heaven while they're dead you have to pray them into heaven while they're alive once you die the Bible says absent from the body present with the Lord you don't go to some resting place while somebody prays you out. You are either ready or you're not at the moment you die. So don't, don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil deceive you because eternity is forever. Forever. That is what got me saved. That is what changed my life. When I realized that place is the place I was going that night, I said, uh-uh, no way I'm going there. I'm going to spend eternity in heaven with God. And then ever since that day, I've used that as fuel for me that I don't want anything to come into my life that's going to keep the Spirit of God from flowing in my life or anything to come into my life that would cause me to miss heaven. There's no sin and no fun and no uh, thing that you do that is worth missing heaven. No way. So let's say a prayer tonight all over this place from our hearts. And what we're doing is we're expressing faith of what Jesus... And I want you to say this from your heart and I want you to mean it from your heart that you believe tonight that you're saved because... 
of what Jesus did on the cross. It was that act that saved you. He took your place. When he put his hands out and died, he took your place. He died for you. And you're saying, I believe that. Not with a little bit of my heart, but with all my heart. And I believe that when you rose from the dead out of that grave, you rose for me. So that when I die, we will be resurrected. Every person that's ever died will be resurrected. Some will be resurrected to eternal life. and Some will be resurrected to eternal damnation. That's our choice. And I believe tonight, if you'll put your faith in Jesus, you will be resurrected to life, to eternal life. Lord Jesus, tonight I come before you with a pure heart and an open heart and a sincere heart. I know I need a Savior. I know I'm lost without you and hopeless. Jesus, I know that I make a lot of mistakes and that I am a sinner. And I believe you lived a perfect life and you died a perfect death on the cross. I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And he's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me right now. Jesus, I believe in you. You're the way, you're the truth, and you're the life. Come into my heart. Change me, transform me. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, and from this day forward, teach me, speak to me, change me, make me who you want me to be. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise tonight. Come on, a big praise as the angels are rejoicing in heaven, the Bible says. The angels are rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Get around some people. Find some people to help you, disciple you, learn from them. Start making right choices. Start changing who you are, allowing the Holy Spirit to tell you what you need to do. It's not an easy walk, but it's the best walk you'll ever be on in your life. And it's not, it's not religion, it's relationship. Amen. We're going to change tune here. Tonight, the game changer's here. And if you're here and, you've, and you haven't gotten it, come get it tonight. If you're here and, and you want to get refilled, come get refilled tonight. Amen. We're going to do the same thing we did Sunday morning. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, right here in the middle, just come. Amen. We're going to pray for you tonight. If you if haven't and you want to refill, come find a place at the altar. Amen. Just realize that there's a river flowing tonight in this place. There's a river flowing in this place tonight. If you'll just begin to pray and you'll begin to say, Lord, I want everything you have for me. He'll begin to fill you. He'll begin to baptize you. He'll begin to pour his spirit out upon you as we begin to sing. Come on church, let's find a place. Let's seek God. Let's seek the Holy Spirit. Let's seek the benefits of what he has. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.